Support for Eagles Enemies is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience, just like we're providing you this podcast for the best analysis for each Eagles game every week. And that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. And 18 months, guys, is about how long it took Howie Roseman to kind of assemble this team to what we have now. And you know what we're dealing with. Uh, they're... Th- Manscaped's third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin-safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. And, I mean, if Manscaped could offer some of that advanced skin-safe technology to patch up the Eagles' offensive line, that would be fantastic. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so one-and-a-half football games, so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower, and one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor, which is the equivalent to how fast Jalen Rager runs on the field every single week with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud, Because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by the simple power source of USB. If you are listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours, get 20% off, and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. That's right, I said get 20% off and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code USP. Let's get into another edition of Eagles Enemies presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia. Reach out, it could be better than a fantasy. I got my levels out of place last night was a long one Looking for a quick fix, looking for a shortcut But if I want a game plan uh, for the long run What do I bring to the table, said dumb luck There's a good chance the last thing I pick up Will show up in my sleep and crash on my dreams With some shit I won't repeat Cause it's not what I'm proud of Some heaviness, some pettiness, some things I'm ashamed of Alright ladies and gentlemen, it was uh, quite a pathetic week one for the Philadelphia Eagles as they come off a loss to the Washington football team and uh, they got to get set for week two against a hungry terrifying scary Aaron Donald led Rams defense and who better to help me break this matchup down than uh, returning guest to Eagles enemies the one and only Cam DeSilva from the Rams wire welcome back to the show man thanks for hopping on. Hey, thanks for having me on. So let's talk about this Rams team before we get into the overall matchup. Uh, a lot of people down on them after the season they had last year. 
Uh, but they trade for Jalen Ramsey. They extend Jalen Ramsey. And this defense is looking uh, pretty, pretty good. Uh, what what was your takeaway from their performance against the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football? Yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised with the way that they played um, on Sunday night, especially um, the defense as a whole. Um, they did have some issues with missed tackles, and that was kind of a problem across the league with no preseason and really limited training camp action and no joint practices or anything like that. Um, so they did have some missed tackles, but Aaron Donald was as dominant as ever. Uh, Jalen Ramsey looks good in coverage. Troy Hill wasn't exposed at all um, as the number two corner. Darius Williams, kind of an unknown guy, um, also starting at corner, played well. Um, what I was surprised by was the fact that Taylor Rapp only played 15 snaps and uh, Jordan Fuller, their six-round safety, um, played just about the entire game, 99% of the snaps. So He's really taken over that starting safety role, at least for now, until Rap gets back up to speed because he missed time with a knee injury. Um, but this defense looks like it, it has the potential to be really good, um, aside from that linebacker group. Yeah, and I mean, overall, I, w- I was very impressed by just how quick they look, too. I know um, a guy that they're super high on, he's coming back from injury, is uh, John Johnson. Uh, tell me mm-hmm. a little bit about him and why – this team, you know, just continues to be super high on him. I see why, but why should, you know, everybody around the NFL be talking about a guy like John Johnson? Yeah, he's really a do-it-all safety. He can cover the slot. Um, he can cover deep middle, deep post, and he can play in the box. Uh, he can really do everything that you want in the safety. Um, where we saw him matched up, not in man coverage necessarily uh, too often on Sunday, but uh, just around the line of scrimmage, around the box, and, um, taking these almost robber coverages in the middle of the field and uh, and playing well, um, he did have he overran uh, Ezekiel Elliott on that touchdown, that first touchdown where literally like half the Rams defense overran the play and whiffed on him. Um, but he's coming back from injury. They missed him a lot last year. He's just a rangy playmaker. He matches up really well on tight ends, which I know is going to be important against the Eagles. Um, so he's, he's really making a name for himself. I think in these, um, last few years, even though he was injured last year, um, he's going to get a big contract this off or this coming off season, um, whether it's from the Rams or someone else, because he's just one of the most talented safeties in the league. Yeah. And I mean, you look at the, the matchup now, and I think the last time the Eagles played the Rams, the Eagles offense looked a lot different than it does now. There's a lot more speed on this Eagles offense with the addition of the rookie mm-hmm. wide receivers. Uh, Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz obviously still doing their thing, and we're still not sure if Miles Sanders will be playing in this game or not, but the the speed on this Eagles offense, how do you think that matches up with this you know kind of new-look Rams defense? Yep, the Rams have, have a lot of speed defensively. Um, just transitioning from Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib to Troy Hill and Jalen Ramsey. So their corners are equipped to, to really play man coverage and, and stick with these faster receivers. Um, they're going to need some help over the top, obviously, from their safeties, Johnson and Fuller and uh, Rapp when he does, I'm assuming, play more often. Um, but the speed of this defense is really good. Their linebackers aren't the fastest, I would say. Um, but that's not necessarily crucial when you're talking about covering speedy receivers on the outside. Um, but they do match up well with their tight ends and, and the receivers, as I mentioned, um, against the Rams quarterbacks. It's going to be a fun matchup because the Rams do have a lot of 
a lot of talent at corner, even though most people just talk about Jalen Ramsey. How how often and much do you think Aaron Donald is licking his lips looking at this Eagles offensive line after the performance they had against the Washington football team on Sunday? Oh man, this is like a this this is a feast for him. Um, he did he played extremely well against the Cowboys and Cowboys have a pretty good offensive line. He he got the better of Connor Williams at left guard a few times and um, just bowled his way through the offensive line like a wrecking ball a few times. Um, but this is a really favorable matchup for for Donald and I would say the, the entire defensive front for the Rams, which is important because this is kind of an unproven group at outside linebacker. Uh, you do have Leonard Floyd, but I don't consider him too much of a like, prolific pass rusher. He's not going to be a 15-sack guy for them, I don't think, unless he turns into Dante Fowler. Um, but Samson Ebukam at the, at the other side. Um, Obo Garanquo is another unproven edge rusher. So just um, having those guys along with Aaron Donald going up against a favorable offensive line matchup is going to be really good for their confidence. And then flipping it to this Rams offense, obviously – the, the storyline is going to be Jared Goff versus Carson Wentz, again, the one-two in that draft. Um, but looking at the weapons that Jared Goff now has between Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby at the tight end position, I think uh, kind of fantasy football darling and, uh, you know, just NFL fan darling, Van Jefferson, who I'm very high on. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Cooper, or, uh, Jared Goff now has the opportunity to spread the ball around a ton with this offense. Uh, when you're looking at this Eagles defense, who do you kind of predict Darius Slay to cover? Is it going to be Cooper Cup or would it be Robert Woods? It, it's tough to say because they're both so versatile. They can both play in the slot. They can both play outside. Um, I don't know what the Eagles did with Slay in week one against a guy like Terry McLaurin, but um, you'd be better equipped to tell me that. But um, against the Rams, most teams kind of just – uh, play sides with their corners and, and go with uh, with what they have on each side rather than having someone follow Cooper Cup or Robert Woods because it is so it is so easy for golf like you mentioned to spread the ball around and um, really this offense is fun for fantasy players but it's also a nightmare because you don't know which running back to start you don't know which receiver to start um, they're all going to be involved but it's almost a matter of which one is going to find the end zone and and get the the six points that way for fantasy but. Um, Cup and Woods are both extremely productive and consistent. They're pretty much good for five catches and 70 yards every week. Um, the, the other guys that you do have to talk about are uh, Josh Reynolds, who didn't play a ton on Sunday night. He, he only had one catch. And then Van Jefferson, like you mentioned, I think he's going to be a really good player in this league. And um, they, they've talked about, the Rams have talked about how he's just like a combination of Robert Woods and Cooper Cup with his route running and his hands and his speed. And he made that great catch. Um, on Sunday night on a perfect deep ball from golf. So all these guys you do have to factor into the equation when it comes to um, this Eagles defense and how they're going to match up with them. It's just there's no easy way to go about it. Yeah, I mean, I was thrilled in doing backflips when I saw that Darius Slay was just kind of following Terry McLaurin the entire time and just took away that one half of the field. And Terry McLaurin only had five catches for 61 yards, if I'm not mistaken, against Darius Slay. So to the Eagles to finally have that, you know, lockdown corner mm-hmm. was, you know, everything I've ever wished for for this team since, you yep. know, the Lido Shepard Sheldon Brown days. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how Jim Schwartz kind of schemes Darius Slay and Avante Maddox on these wide receivers. And then the obvious, you know, elephant in the room is 
the running back situation with this Rams team. You called it. You were you wrote about it a ton and said this was Malcolm Brown's backfield uh, until proven otherwise, and it was just that. He scored two touchdowns against the Cowboys, and, I mean, Cam Akers got his touches as well, but this seems to be Malcolm Brown's backfield until, you know, he fumbles or, you know, has a slip-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a reason they didn't let him go to the Detroit Lions. It's They love Malcolm Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think um, I think by the middle of the season or towards the end of the season, Cam Akers is going to emerge as uh, that number one running back. And Sean McVay kind of surprisingly on Monday said um, that the Rams gave Brown more work than they were kind of planning to just because he was running so well and that he was having success running the ball and catching the ball and um, just picking up valuable yards compared to Cam Akers who had 14 carries for 39 yards. So it's almost as if they were just riding the hot hand and um, that they came into the game almost expecting to give the ball more to Cam Akers. They mentioned that he, he expected him to get more work on the early downs. Um, but then you have Les Snead talking a few weeks ago about how Brown is almost that closer, that guy that they're going to go to in the four-minute drills when they're trying to, to end the game and um, really close things out. So um, I think those guys are going to dominate the share of touches and snaps in the backfield. And then you have Daryl Henderson who's going to mix in. Um, as that kind of change of pace back, uh, someone that is going to create, hopefully create big plays, both as a receiver and a runner. Uh, but he only got three carries on Sunday night. He's still recovering, I think, a little bit from a hamstring strain. So we'll see how quickly he gets back to 100%. Um, but really, it was it's a nightmare scenario for fantasy owners because you don't know which running backs to start. They're both going to get touches. And, and, I mean, it's a matter of almost who's going to score touchdowns like I mentioned with the receivers and those touches in the red zone are seemingly going to Malcolm Brown so it seems like he's the favorite to to uh for fantasy owners and we'll see what happens and when it comes to you know Henderson who would you kind of equate him to being that change of pace back because we didn't really get to see much of him last year either only had 39 rushing attempts in 13 games how would you kind of you know mock him up in this Rams offense to you know give NFL fans an insight on the type of running back he really is. Yeah, he, he's really a slasher. Um, when they drafted him, Les Snead mentioned that he can give the Rams a little bit of a Camara, an Alvin Kamara element, um, which would be a high compliment, obviously. But um, he, he can kind of run like Kamara, and um, he's a good receiver. Philip Lindsay almost comes to mind, too, with his shiftiness and, and speed. Um, so I think he can be a complimentary guy in that backfield, and um, have some success on third down where it's more of an obvious passing situation. Maybe you can catch the defense off guard on a, on an inside handoff or a, or a draw, um, hit him with a screen pass. So really with Henderson, it's about getting him the ball in space where he can make a defender miss because last season, even in limited action, he was one of the better running backs in the league at, at making defenders miss and enforcing missed tackles. So I think that's the key is just getting him the ball in space where he can work and um, have some open field to work with. And the the offensive line for this Rams team was uh, a massive question last season. There was interchanging parts. One of our guys, Jamil Demby, was part of that. He's on the practice squad now. But looking at this offensive line, what did you see from them on Sunday night? And do you think it's a much improved offensive line from last year in terms of play? Or there's still some question marks along along this line in front of Jared Goff. Yeah, there's still some question marks, especially on the interior. Um, but we did see that Andrew Whitworth had 
the second highest offensive grade from PFF out of anyone in the league on Sunday. So um, that's obviously encouraging, but he's the guy that you expect to play at that high level. Um, but the interior offensive line is where your concerns really come. Uh, you have Joe Noteboom at left guard, who was better on Sunday than he was all of last season. Austin Blythe at center is a much better fit than he was at guard. And uh, then you have Austin Corbett, the former second-round pick of the Browns at right guard. Um, so if those guys can really just protect golf well and keep the interior pressure away from him, it does a lot for the offense and, and Jared Goff as, a, as an individual. Um, so that's going to be an important part of the game. Um, what we did see on Sunday was a good game plan from Sean McVay, really a lot of checkdowns, a lot of um, screen passes and just quick outs and getting the ball into, into his receiver's hands to, uh, to allow them to work which eased the pressure on the offensive line because they didn't have to block for as long. And, I mean, Jared Goff in the game against the Cowboys wasn't anything spectacular. He went 20 of 31 mm -hmm. for 275 yards, did throw an interception, no touchdowns. But looking at, you know, the, the Eagles defense, their secondary, who I think played the best of any positional group for the Eagles on Sunday against Washington, uh, what are you expecting from Jared Goff as a follow-up to this game to kind of really improve and quiet a lot of his haters? Because I think over the last couple of seasons since the Super Bowl year, Jared Goff's caught in a lot of, you know, detractors, and rightfully so. He's been, you know, up and down over the past couple mm -hmm. seasons. So what do you expect from Jared Goff moving forward this season to kind of build upon and, and build up his reputation a bit more than what it's been over the last couple of years? Yeah, he's going to need to take some shots downfield and really push the ball down the field more than he did on Sunday. Um, he had the, the lowest average depth of target of any quarterback in the league this week. Um, he only, I mean, he only threw the ball 4.3 yards downfield on average, so that's not going to get it done in the NFL, especially um, when you get teams being more aggressive and playing press coverage and taking away these quick, quick throws uh, because that's what worked for the Rams on Sunday night, and it's not always going to work every week in the NFL. So he's going to have to push the ball downfield, be more aggressive, throw into tighter windows. Um, and he can't just take these screen passes. And I, I know it's what McVay is calling. And it's it worked because the offensive line is shaky and it kind of eases them into the mix. But um, Goff is going to need to really have success throwing the ball downfield and, and making plays in, in that department. Now, with Cooper Cup, I know he's been one of Goff's longtime you know, favorite targets, but Robert Woods led the way in this game against the Cowboys for the Rams. Do you think that was just, you know, Cup kind of still coming back from the injury? Was it game script? What do you think kind of, you know, took away from Cooper Cup's target share against the Cowboys? Yeah, I think it was just game script. Um, it just happened to be that Robert Woods got a lot of the underneath throws and um, created big yardage after the catch, which um, helped obviously golf a lot, but also padded Woods' numbers and, and, uh, and obviously he had a good game against the Cowboys. But Cooper Cup is going to get open no matter really who's covering him. Um, he's just so good with his routes and um, always gets the right depth to, to get past the sticks. And on third down is where he's especially good when he gets those um, inside-outside goes from, from in the slot where he can go either way and really puts the defensive back in a bind. So I have no, no concerns about him at all. And, uh, you know, a former Ram gave the Rams a bit of bulletin board material earlier in the offseason. Nicole Roby Coleman said that, uh, you know, Carson Wentz just kind of commands a team and kind of called him the better quarterback than, than uh, Jared Goff. Uh, in this matchup, you know, with 
former Ram and, and the way that Nikel Roby Coleman kind of plays the slot, how do you expect him to play against this Rams offense on Sunday? I was really surprised that the Rams let him go this offseason because they could have kept him, I think, for like $4 million or $4.5 million, but um, they declined his option. He's a really good nickel corner and, and one of the better slot defenders in the league, I think, even though he's undersized. Um, considering that he worked against Cooper Cup a ton when they were both with the Rams, um, I think that's going to work in his favor. I mean, you could say the same about Cup knowing uh, Roby Coleman's tendencies, but um, Roby Coleman has a lot of work against Cup, and I think he's a really good corner. So I'm interested to see how that matchup plays out because it is – it's one of the more important ones, even though you do have Darius Slay on the other side too. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to this Eagles secondary, it seems like almost all of their uh, defensive backs outside of Darius Slay are undersized. You got Avante Maddox, who is well undersized for an outside corner by most, uh, you know, scout standards mm-hmm. and GM standards. Uh, I think just the the matchup to watch in this game is the Eagles secondary going up against these Rams wide receivers because of. The speed on both sides of the ball, I think it's going to be an extremely intriguing matchup to see how Jared Goff is able to kind of maneuver, you know, with Darius Slay and then, you know, his former teammate and Avante Maddox kind of manning the uh, the starting points for this secondary with the Eagles. Yeah, yep. I'm definitely interested to see how that plays out. Um, I want to see how the Eagles really match up with these Rams corners and um, how they deploy their, their cornerbacks against uh, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, and then you mix in uh, the tight ends too, which just uh, further really complicates things for the Eagles secondary. And in their you know head-to-head matchups, it's always seemed like Doug Peterson has always had Sean McVay's number uh, since mm-hmm. 2017. How do you think Sean McVay is going about game planning for this Doug Peterson-led team to you know hopefully flip the script a little bit and cause some havoc for Doug Peterson? For you know an Eagles roster that to start this season, I don't remember a team being this injured this early. Uh, how do you think Sean McVay is kind of game planning for this Eagles team? Yeah, with him and, and first year coordinator Brandon Staley on the defensive side, um, they've got their work cut out for him because Peterson is such a good coach. Um, I'm sure he's going to go back and look at the tape from their previous matchups. Um, so it, it he, obviously they've gone up against each other a couple times. I think Peterson is two and zero against the Rams. Um, since McVeigh has been hired. So um, McVeigh is one of the better game planners. He doesn't have the benefit of an entire offseason like he did against the Cowboys where he can really dive into the tape and, and find out how to exploit the defense. But um, it's going to be fun to watch how McVeigh comes back this week after having so much time to pre- prepare for the Cowboys and, and whether he goes with these quick short passes and um, really sets up the offense that way like he did against the Cowboys. And like we talked about earlier with the Rams, you know, interior of the offensive line kind of being suspect a little bit, still a lot of question marks there. Do you think this is an opportunity for guys like Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson, and oddly enough, T.Y. McGill, who had a great game against Washington, to kind of disrupt what this Rams offense is able to do and get after Jared Goff and cause some pressure and hopefully, you know, for the Eagles' sake, you know, record some sacks? Yeah, yeah, I think it is a good matchup for the Eagles defensive line just because of how uh, almost unproven the Rams offensive line is. Uh, they did do a good job against Don Tyree Poe on Sunday night, but Fletcher Cox is a different animal, and Malik Jackson is a great player too. So this is an opportunity for the Eagles defensive line on the interior to, to generate some pressure. 
Um, and then you do have to worry about the guys on the outside as well, Derek Barnett, Brandon Graham, uh, because it's, it's, it's a deep uh, defensive line over there in Philly, and um, it's not exactly the most proven offensive line for the Rams. And one matchup I'm looking at, too, is Tyler Higby. He seems to have just caught on big time for Jared Goff as one of his, you know, mm-hmm. underneath targets. And the way the NFL is going, it seems like this quick linebacker league where there's only typically one to two linebackers on the field at a time now. Um, and the Eagles have such an inexperienced uh, linebacker group. How do you think Tyler Higby can take advantage of that and use his size and strength to really beat the Eagles underneath? Yeah, he's really improved as a route runner, too, just creating separation in the middle of the field and um, even on just out routes and, and picking up yardage after the catch. Um, that's become an important part of his game. And uh, Jared Goff trusts, trusts him so much to be in the right spot. And when he does get pressured, um, he knows where Higby's going to be. Um, and, and really on these rollouts where Goff is going on bootlegs, both left and right, um, he just has a good rapport with Tyler Higby. And no matter who's covering him, he does find ways to get open, which really helps a quarterback because having a, a security blanket like a tight end um, in Higby, it, it really does help them a lot because it, it just improves their confidence throwing to the middle of the field. Overall, what would you say the kind of X-factor matchup to watch in this game would be that could sway you know, the win or the loss in either direction? Eagles being able to cover Higby, that's going to be important because – um, they do have speed in, in the secondary and good corners. Um, but if they can't take out Higby and really limit his production, I know the Cowboys did a decent job, but he still picked up uh, some valuable yardage at, at key moments. Um, they're going to have to take care of Higby and really limit his production with either a safety or a linebacker. And then looking at the Rams' defense, how do you expect them to kind of stop the two-headed monster that is Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard? Yeah, fortunately for them, that one of their strengths is their is their uh, safety group with Jordan Fuller. They have Terrell Burgess, who's a rookie, third round pick. Um, he didn't play at all on Sunday, but he's a versatile guy who can cover the slot, cover tight ends, play deep. Um, and then John Johnson and Taylor Rapp. So I would expect Rapp to get more work this week, especially with tight ends being so important in the Eagles' offense. So I think this matchup really does favor the the Rams um, because of their deep secondary. Um, the, you can even throw Jalen Ramsey on Dallas Goddard or Zach Ertz and, and make that work. Um, so they have plenty of options in the secondary when it comes to stopping these tight ends, and I expect them to use their safeties, but um, not as much their linebackers. And do you expect a Jalen on Jalen matchup between uh, Jalen Ramsey and Jalen Rager? <laughs> I'm interested to see what the Rams do with Ramsey in this one because they kind of kept him on uh, one side of the field, played a lot of zone defense against the Cowboys. They didn't match him up with uh, with Amari Cooper exclusively like I thought they might. Um, so I don't think they're going to really put him on Jalen Rieger, but uh, he does have the speed to hang with the rookie. And overall, how do you see this game kind of playing out? Who takes home the win and, uh, you know, improves to either 2-0 and or 1-1? and I know the Eagles are banged up, but um, I do think they have a good roster. I think they're going to bounce back from that disappointing blow or blown lead to Washington. Um, it's going to be a close game. The Rams are favored a little bit right now, but um, I, I think the Eagles might pull out a close one just because of the Rams traveling across the country and, and having to uh, come up, come back against a, a motivated Eagles team after that loss. That is going to be a question I ask you too. How do you think that factors in, you know, the travel 
to the East Coast this early in the season for the Rams, how much do you think that plays a factor? It, it won't factor in as much this week as it will in week three when, when they're going to have to travel from Philly back to L.A. and then go back to Buffalo. Um, but it'll still be, I mean, it's still the daunting 10, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern kickoff, essentially, or, or 10 a.m. Pacific kickoff for them. Um, where it's that early early game that they're not typically used to, so it is going to play a role. I don't know how much the Rams have uh, they've been pretty good in those games in the past under McVay, but um, it's going to play a role a little bit at least. You're the absolute best, man. Let everybody know where they can uh, check out your stuff because you're my go-to for anything L.A. Rams. Uh, you're one of the best NFL follows. You guys should be following Cam on Twitter. If you're not, you're doing NFL Twitter wrong. Uh, but let everybody know where they can read all your stuff for USA Today and uh, see all your incredible Rams coverage. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Cam De Silva. Um, publish all my stuff at theramswire.usatoday.com, and then you can follow Ramswire on Twitter at theramswire. You're the best, man. Uh, hopefully we get a uh, an exciting game on Sunday, and uh, you know who knows if these two teams make the playoffs. We'll be uh, yeah, sh- seeing a yeah, fun playoff fun, matchup. Though. Yeah, definitely would be. Definitely would be. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Anytime, man. Appreciate you. And there you have it, Eagles fans. Cam DeSilva of the Rams Wire thinks the birds have a chance to bounce back in a big way and win this game come Sunday. I don't know how I'm feeling, especially after the performance Aaron Donald and the rest of that Rams defense had and the state of the Eagles offensive line early indication is that it looks like Miles Sanders has a a chance to play, which would be massive for this Eagles offense. And Lane Johnson confirmed himself said he is going to be out there on Sunday. So that is a big boost for this Eagles offensive line. Uh, Protecting Carson Wentz is a must. He can't get sacked as much as he did against Washington in week one. It's just unacceptable. Doug Peterson also has to be able to make adjustments if guys are coming in and out of the game due to injury, whatever it may be. Doug Peterson has to flip that switch and realize he has to make adjustments to benefit the guys that are on the field. You can't rely on you know, just, just thinking that you can plug and play guys and the same results will happen. That's absolutely asinine. Can't happen. Very much looking forward to seeing Doug make adjustments. Looking forward to seeing some of these guys back out there healthy and ready to rock and roll. And uh, hopefully the Eagles come away with a big dub come Sunday afternoon against the L.A. Rams in their home opener at the link. Again, big shout out to my good friend Cam DeSilva for hopping on the show. Always a blast talking to Cam. Make sure you're reading his stuff about the Rams. If you're a fantasy football player, he's the guy to go to when it comes to all the Rams news. Uh, notes and everything in between just an absolute joy talking to my guy and make sure you guys are following us on social media at underground PHI on Twitter and Instagram you can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311 and make sure you guys are subscribed to the underground sports Philadelphia podcast feed where Eagles enemies takes place each and every week during football season I love recording this show It's one of my favorite projects we've ever gotten up off the ground here at Underground Sports. So make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Let me know how you're feeling about this matchup against the L.A. Rams. 
nervous, scared, confident. Maybe you're ready for that bounce back that Cam hinted could happen come Sunday. Five stars only because we have standards and we know you do too. You can also check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts. We are there. And we're going to be back next week to preview Eagles, Bengals, the Tiger King, Joe Burrow, and the Cincinnati Bengals. And we'll have a brand new guest on Eagles Enemies as this is the first time the Eagles have taken on the Cincinnati Bengals in the history of this show. Very excited for that guest to be joining us as well. You guys are the absolute best. UndergroundSportsPhiladelphia.com. Make sure you check that out for all of our written content. And uh, big shout-out to Manscaped for sponsoring the show. Absolute best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped.com. And use the code USP to save 20% off your order and get free shipping. This has been Episode 2 of Season 3 of Eagles Enemies right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. Again, big shout-out to my buddy Cam DeSilva from the USA Today Rams Wire for hopping on this week's episode. I'm your host, Kyle Bennett. We will catch you guys next week. As always, Go Birds!